<laughs> That's my fatigue at fourth year episodes of this podcast. Um, okay. Hello and welcome to the Picky Bees podcast. This is our 43rd episode and it's time for a celebration uh, for two big Ooh. reasons. The first is because our fellow picky bastard Fran has had a lovely little girl about 10 days ago. Um, to be honest, I'm told she's lovely. I'm not actually allowed to see her yet, so I can't really <laughs> confirm anything. So uh, congrats to him and to Kirsten uh, when he's listening to this. Um, and the second celebration, of course, celebration is that for the next few months at least, this podcast will now take a turn away from the kind of rage and ranting of Fran's profound grumpiness um, and also his highly <laughs> flawed musical opinions and towards a more joyous uh, sort of state of play like my grumpiness uh, and opinions. Great opinions, fantastic opinions. So, uh, so thanks, Fran, sure. for having the baby and giving us a break from your whining. That's appreciated. We usually have, <laughs> uh, we have our, sorry, we have our uh, minimally uh, grouchy bastard with us, Matt. How are you doing, Matt? Hello. Yeah. Maybe I'll be extra grouchy. I mean, Maybe you should I'm take his place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're going to welcome another of our editors from the PB's website, um, pickybees.com. Please go and see it. Um, as a guest, his name is Sam. He's been on before. Hello, Sam. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Yeah? Um, Happy to be back. Yeah, it's been like fourth, fifth appearance, maybe? Maybe. I don't yeah, know. it's been quite a while. You lose yeah. count when it's so many. And, so it's, many so, and it's so exciting. Memories. Everyone's a roller coaster ride of emotions as well. It's kind of. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so um, he also has, Sam has, he's been on a few times and he's also got probably, possibly the most eclectic taste of anyone I know, um, honestly. So, uh, good luck guessing where he's going to be uh, positioning himself on all these albums we're going to be talking about. We'll see yeah. how it goes. I honestly can't guess. Um, so we're going to be talking about four new albums, um, which are uh, Adrian Young, The American Negro, Ross Stam, Change Phobia, Groff Reese, Seeking New Gods, and Marina, Ancient Dreams in a Modern Land. And then we'll be talking about a classic, Stevie Nicks, The Wild Heart. Um, and then Sam will be telling us about why he loves Janelle Monet. So let's get into it. Um, first question is for Sam. Um, which album of these is the hardest to explain and why? Well, um, you've, I, I'm sure Matt will agree with me that we love these questions. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of time crafting these irritating questions. Yeah. And not vague at all. Yeah, that's um, great. But actually, I, I had a very obvious answer for this in the end, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, and... I would have to go with Gruff Reese seeking new gods. Okay. And I, I have to apologise up front. I will call him Griff at some point <laughs> okay, because I have been, I've been typing Griff in to mm. to get this to this album for the last month, um, and every time get confused when it doesn't come up. Oh um, so I was convinced he was called Griff. So no, you, uh, you failed at first. <laughs> failed it's quite embarrassing for you. Album. Yeah. Um, so the reason I'd say it's the most difficult to explain is basically because I have no idea what this album is trying to be. Um, mm. I've read that it's supposed to be about a mountain, uh, like a concept <laughs> really? album about a mountain. I don't know. I've not looked into that um, at all. As usual, I've done the research. Is that seriously what it's supposed to be about? Yeah, it's supposed to be a concept album about a mountain. There's a mountain on the cover. Exactly. Um, but the, the not, there's nothing that seems to link any of this music together yeah. other than him as his voice. Um, I, at amazing. times, it's like the sort of thing that like an ancient rocker would release and mm. then at the gig like everyone sits down for these songs when they just wait for the hits and then other <laughs> yeah. times it's like kind of it goes between all of these different references i can hear of like 
some of it sounds like a lounge singer thing. Some of it sounds like uh, kind of like chirpy, happy uh, pop rock thing. Some of it. And then most of it is just endless kind of the same lyric over and over again. I, I just couldn't pin down what the point of any of this was. Um, so that's how I took that question of most difficult to explain. I have lots okay. of... I'll have lots of thoughts, okay. but I don't know how any of that fits together for the same album. That's actually that's um, a reasonable answer. That's not a bad answer. Way of explaining yeah. such a vague question. Not 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 bad going. Um, do you, sorry, did I cut you off? Do you want to say more? Um, well, I, I can pick out some specific songs that I really okay. didn't like. Okay, <laughs> if that helps. Yeah, or, yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. That's allowed. I, there was just songs like "Hiking and Lightning," "Everlasting Joy." And then it, there was that Can't Carry On song, which for, for the song called Can't Carry On, it just carried on <laughs> saying that over and over again for yeah. four minutes. And then we get to the final track, Distant Snowy Peaks, which again just sort of seems to just say Distant Snowy Peaks for, and this was like six minutes. So, so you're saying it's very I, focused then, very much on target. I'm saying yeah? that there you weren't that. that many lyrics Oh, in right. these songs okay. and they were just repeated over and over again specifically about a mountain i assume yeah but i didn't really get <laughs> any anything more i wish i'd read up on it um, now i really do. i never do the research as everyone knows but i really wish i'd read up on that because if i knew it was about an album i would have changed my perspective quite dramatically <laughs> that's fantastic okay um so matt what did you think about this one uh yeah i this mountain revelation has kind of thrown me for a loop <laughs> exactly it's I'm it's sure a, I have yeah, not this, made this up. I'm sure that is correct. Someone can no, check. No, it, it doesn't surprise me. Like, if, if, to me, it does feel... I get completely what you're saying. It does feel at points that, that he's shooting for something bigger and grander, which makes sense if he wants it to be an ode to some mountain or something. <laughs> but most, which it is. So we're, most, we're good here, then. It's fantastic in that case. That's your, that's yeah, your argument. <laughs> I'd say most of the time it's a, a miss. Um, I... <laughs> I don't. I know we've covered. I think we covered an album, one of his albums before, and we've definitely like you talked about the Super Fairies. I did recently. a while love on Super Fairies, yeah, yeah. Mm. But and and like he, it still has. A, it feels very much like him. It has this kind of big warmth. I think a lot of the times, um, but it does. It does feel like a bit of a slog <laughs> through most of the album because it has just this very kind of down tempo beat a lot of the time okay and it's just it's don't it's not fun to listen to i mm. find find like i want to listen to music that gives me energy and this found this was like sapping it away at times <laughs> that's quite harsh um but i did quite actually you, the the song can't carry on i actually that was one of the few i uh liked mm. apart from one the one part in the song where they had like there's a like a build in the middle um and he tries to go really like high with his voice mm. and it, it's just so grating and it <laughs> doesn't work at all. And so to me, it just ruined the whole vibe of the rest of the song, which though it was very repetitive, mm. they had some like cool backing vocals that made it seem a little bit different to everything else that was going on. Okay. But yeah, no, this, this isn't something I'm going to check out again. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, so I mentioned a minute ago I've done a Super for Animals what I love before. So I, in general, am a huge fan um, of his work, of Gross work, obviously with the band, mostly. Um, and after uh, listening to the album a few times, I was kind of left with the question, 
like how much more reinvention can I really hope from this guy as a musician, really? Uh, because one of the things I loved about Superfair, as I mentioned in that, in that what I love was how many times they changed direction, uh, like from, say, Gorilla um, being a sort of, sort of dance album and then back into sort of prog rock, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I sort of my expectations are, um, were quite high in that sense. I expect him to reinvent himself again. Um, and it is an album that I enjoyed, and it was it was sort of fun at points, and actually um, it was sometimes funny as well. I thought Hiking and Lightning, um, as a title, was quite quite witty and this was quite amusing, and there's quite a few of those kind of lines in it, and also sometimes kind of beautiful. Um, I thought the harmony work on some of it was quite good, which he's, he's quite known for, but it felt like it couldn't really move past that to do something genuinely new, and that's what I was really looking for from him, and used to look for from Super Fair Animals you know, in each, each turn, each album in turn, as it were. So, um, yeah, so I suppose it was a bit of a letdown, I have to say, on the base of that. Uh, I liked it, but I, I have I have kind of nine great albums from this musician already. I would say eight or nine albums from this guy already and his band. So it doesn't really add to that collection. And at the same time, how I say, again, back to that question, how, how can I expect 10 albums? That just seems, you know, that's, that's absurd in a way to think of even more of that great music from him. I feel like he's, Kind of, I don't want to say come to the road. That's a bit harsh because maybe you'll turn yeah. it around. But, but in, in terms of in terms of this particular one, um, it didn't offer anything new, and it wasn't. Um, I won't be coming back to it. I don't think really. Um, although this mountain thing has made me, <laughs> that Sam mentioned, has made me uh, reconsider. Maybe I'll go back at least once I, more and see if I can get a sense of what the hell, how it all pulls together. <laughs> it's typically it's, weird of him to pick that though as a topic. That's that's amazing, I think, in itself. If it's probably not album. true now, and I've just made this up. But I, no, I honestly, true. We'll, we'll I'm say sure it's true. That I, that's what I've read. I'm sure. Well, assume no, it's, it's true because it's such a cool me. story. So yeah. Well, with all the things going on in the world, mm. to write an album about a mountain seems a bit <laughs> frivolous. <laughs> Music is frivolous. Come on, a lot of it. What? Actually, that's, maybe that's unfair. Not, not especially this list today. But anyway, wow. yeah. you realised you were on a music podcast, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's frivolous. still meant to be. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'll backtrack from that comment. Fair enough. <laughs> um, all right, so that's Gruff Reese. Um, so now um, Matt has a question: of Which album is easiest to explain, and why? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and answer in a similar way to Sam, mm. in the sense that I understood what this album was about entirely, mm. and in the sense that it, it was very clear the to- the topic it was I love about. How, I love how you're holding off from saying what the album title was. This is great, building up the build some excitement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. Um, so so yeah, we're gonna talk about Adrian Young okay. and American Negro. Okay, and and. That's because it, it's this is an incredibly it's like a very profound and challenging uh, like dissection of what it is to be black and both historically and in modern day America and like I think it's a topic of conversation that is very much present right now but has been also in the forefront for decades uh, centuries mm-hmm. um, and so. I think it is a topic that's relatively easy to understand. Um, but the way that it's actually put together on this album, I've never really quite heard anything like it before. Mm. Um, it's really, really, like, expansive um, with this kind of the way it mixes together uh, the spoken word elements with the um, more, I guess, singing elements. Mm. The actual There's actual songs, but then there's... Uh, do like full minutes where it's just uh, him talking 
and okay. it's a, it's like a really interesting mixture of the two um but it, it is incredibly challenging to listen to because it the, the kind of very um calm and methodical way he's talking in the speaking speaking sections adds to really the harrowing nature of like what he's talking to mm. so like yeah at one at one point he's like just talking through and he says um i view the world through the, the stained glass of history that questions whether i'm even human and then this sharply goes into like this soulful singing mm. and so just this juxtaposition is just like like that is throughout and it just it makes it uh, it's not a fun, fun, good time listen. That's for sure. Mm. Um, it seems fairly reasonable to say that. Yeah, yeah. We we'll dispute that. But it, it, it's. I, I got a lot from the album. I learned a lot as well, mm. and um, I think it's just really creatively put together. Mm. When you when you have lots of different albums talking about this topic, to be able to um, grab someone's attention. Mm. and uh, add a new lens to it. Um, I think it's really impressive. Mm. Okay. Um, so what do you want to do, Sam? Do you want to jump in on this one? Yeah. Um, I I feel so conflicted about this album. Mm. Like I, I, like you said, Matt, it's, it is a difficult listen. Like it's not something you can just jump into and give a cursory listen and you know you kind of understand how to listen to it. I, th- I found that juxtaposition between the spoken word and the music, it really felt like they were very separate. Mm. And that frustrated me a little bit um, because I would be listening and it, it kind of, it feels a bit stop-start. Um, th- there's no music in the background of when he's talking, which gives more of impact to what he's saying, but also kind of broke up the flow of the music that I was that I was enjoying. Interesting. And mm. I, he, he's clearly sharing his experience and, calling out these things and and that is great and i get why there's so much to get from this but i i did the unthinkable and feel free to never let me back on this podcast um, (laughs) after doing this take a vote at the end sam i did the unthinkable and i made a playlist of just the music oh and and (laughs) that is actually that is actually outrageous (laughs) exactly i knew i said this and i i've literally written feel free to never invite me back (laughs) And I actually ruined the album for myself. Oh. Um, but... Um, <laughs> well, your music experience it, was better then, you're saying? The actual no, experience so, was better in that respect? So, so what happened that. was um, I I ended up realising that all of the songs blended into each other without mm, yeah. those stop-starts, ah, right. which then made me go, well, is this like a long jam session? The, mm. the, and the, the album just sort of then you realise how similar all of the music is to each other. Mm. And I felt that it didn't really go very far from where it starts musically. Um, mm. And at that bit I kind of struggled with because then it um, it kind of ruined the bits that I thought I really enjoyed about the music and I started mm. missing the words. Mm. And then I went back to listen to it the previous way and I, I still wasn't getting it. So I think me intentionally ruining the album, trying to make my experience better, made it much worse. Right. Um, and yeah. so I'm really conflicted. I feel like I've been on a real journey with this album, mm. trying to figure out mm. how I can engage with it. Mm. Um, and I think in the end, there's been quite a few other albums that have sort of, not as directly as this, but have have talked about these things and talked about them in the music themselves. Like you think about like the Salt Records and 
Yeah. Even like Kendrick stuff, and then even something like the Michael Kiwanuka album. I, it's the music musically, they're quite similar, um, and I feel like they just achieve a, a musical depiction of that much better than this album does, which feels a lot more like a spoken word performance. Mm. Which, if that's what they're going for, then that's fine, um, and it certainly works in that respect. But as an album, I don't know if I'd go back and listen to this this much. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think the point there is the. I think the point is the spoken word, and so cutting that yeah. out. I imagine because it's almost like when you go to the musical parts, that's like you're you're coming up for air. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. And getting your like break and relief from the intensity. Mm. And it reminded me a lot of like church. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of church. With, like, the speaking elements and then mm. the, like, you, you're singing. Yeah. It, and then you speak and then you sing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't expire on the mic, please, Matt. Don't. I'll do my best not yeah, to. Yeah, that would be appreciated. <laughs> we don't want any deaths in this podcast. Um, <laughs> so, okay, shall I jump in? Um, yeah, do it. So, yeah, the, uh, so it, generally speaking, um, in these 43 episodes, uh, Fran has managed to annoy me um, at least once every time. And uh, he's done so again with this pick. I think this was his pick, wasn't it? And he did so yeah. deliberately to make, because it's so difficult, an album to review. And uh, I'm sure he's sniggering about that as he listens to us now, um, once I've finished recording all this. Um, because it is in- almost impossible to get a- an easy, digestible version of a review of this album. Um, so I think I'm going to do, um, for me, I think I have to do sort of give good value for money and do two reviews um, on this album in a way. One is the academic one and one is the musical one. I understand he was actually um, a professor at one point, if I noticed all that correctly. Or certainly he's obviously uh, extremely uh, thoughtful and clever about this topic. So I would say the academic side of this review is that the album is really thoughtful, clever, intellectual and profound. A sort of a political treatise really on being black in America and how it's sort of wrapped up in an entire... Uh, cultural system um, of oppression and systematic abuse uh, across a wealth of areas and the kind of elision of of identity. Uh, And I found all that really, really fascinating and profound and uh, often quite moving. Um, And so in that sense, I think it it was extremely um, powerful and successful because I think that's my sense was that was the message you wanted to get across. I would would assume Mm -hmm. so. And I think it did so very, very well Uh, in both the spoken word parts and in the lyrics of the musical parts as well um if i look at it as a musical piece um i suppose it's a little bit different perspective which is it's a good mix of a few different genres which i really um liked uh, most leading towards sort of the soul scene of what seemed like the 70s to me um it has um some more and less effective actual musical um sort of, uh, I don't know if they're jams, as Sam was suggesting, or, or they're sort of pieced together more more sort of studiously, but there are some that work better and some that work not as well. Um, but I suppose it made me feel in the end when I was sort of stuck between these two places, it made me reflect again, as we've had this conversation before, I think in past episodes, what, what's this podcast here for? I mean, ultimately, it's a musical podcast and, and we're reviewing musical work. Um, and I think if other than sort of our, our sort of, uh, aggressive moaning. Our function is to review the music on these albums, and in that sense, this album I think is very solid, very well put together. But it's outclassed by, for example, Salt that Sam mentioned, 
Um, and, and I think Kendrick's a good example as well. Um, from also from a production standpoint, I think it's it's not flawless. Um, it has these really interesting. This is kind of a, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it has this really interesting uh, sort of seventies um, style of production. I don't know if that was intentional, mm. and if it was, yeah. then that's that's really amazingly done. It's so perfectly done. But it, it ended up sounding for me on the base of that to be a bit sort of blanketed and distant musically, uh, or so uh, audio, in terms of audio, uh, and as if it's being sort of pulled from the past. Um, and I found that clarity, that lack of clarity sometimes to be a bit distancing for me from getting into the music. Um, like, say, The Salt, for example, which I think is, going back to that, um, it is so exquisitely produced, is so present in your face. Um, you know, that they, that's not, with, with equipment there, they couldn't have replicated in the 70s, you know. So if he was trying to, re- to reach back to that 70s and do it in a production level as well, then that's a, a masterstroke in a way. But just musically speaking, for me, it made me feel a bit more distant from it so i think it's a it's an album that everyone should hear in my opinion um i think it's very very profound but i don't know that musically i absolutely love it that's how i would end up characterizing it so don't know if that makes sense to you too yeah yeah totally yeah. i think it, that's, your salt comparisons yeah. are like i also wrote down salt but i think mm. more what he's aiming getting to your ideas like what you're talking about the production i think mm. gil scott's a, a better comparison mm. of what he's maybe aiming for with the likes of the loose jazz with the spoken word. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so that's that one then. Uh, should we move on? Uh, we, what should we do? Let's look at, maybe I'll start one, shall I? Uh, let's yeah. talk about, um, let's talk about Marina. Uh, just ra- picking one randomly from the remaining list. Uh, Ancient Dreams in the, mo- in the Modern Land. So, um, 43 episodes in, this is the kind of album I'm supposed to hate, I've written down. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and mostly uh, I do. Um, for a start, <laughs> so I'm kind of, I'm kind of fulfilling, fulfilling, yeah, don't disappoint, fulfilling the prophecy there. Um, I mean, obviously, it's, it's a dance slash disco kind of album, uh, which is always going to be a massive uphill struggle for me, and nobody should be surprised by that who's listened to this podcast before. Um, I think it uh, has a lot of uh, political... A polemic in it as well, um, which is um, which is okay. And I think this is it's interesting. We come to this one right after talking about the uh, the uh, American Negro. Um, it really struggled in the face of that being on the same playlist as the American Negro to, to have to make political comments um, that were that felt like they had enough weight behind them to be worthwhile. Um, it, it just it felt like it was. I would, it was overstaying it to say facile, but it, just, it felt like it was not enough weight to be worth the kind of points that are being made in this music. And in that sense, I, I didn't connect to me uh, sort of politically, and it didn't obviously musically. Uh, I mean, in a way, I'm not able to judge disco or dance music, really. So um, in a sense, I'll sort of shut up and let more qualified people decide uh, what they think about it, musically speaking. But um, it was very um, energetic, Mostly, uh, very polished, very clean, uh, well-produced in terms of structure and stuff. Uh, and it didn't really move me at all, I'm afraid. So uh, I haven't got a hell of a lot more to say than that, <laughs> to be honest. So uh, Sam, why don't you jump in on this one? Yeah, um, I picked this one um, because I, I kind of have this, uh, I have this back and forth with Marina um she's obviously been making music for a long time in the pop space and mm. um, first is marina and the diamonds back in 
early 2010s, maybe earlier than that. I don't know. Um, but she's she's had quite a few albums at this point, and I've, I think I've listened to them all, and never really, I've never really got her as an artist or her kind of position in pop. Um, but I picked this because the the kind of songs that had been coming out before it came out, it felt like she was really reaching for something a bit more uh, direct with her lyrics and a bit more kind of, here we go, mm. this is, I'm talking about this thing and this is what it is. So the political and cultural keeping... stuff, then, just sorry to cut you off, the, the political and cultural stuff is not, it's kind of new you're saying to what she's yeah, done before. Not, okay. she, she's done things before like this, but never anything at this kind of scale of, mm. and, and to be honest, when I'm saying that, I'm really only really talking about like the first four songs on the album, and mm. um, which I feel like that's probably the my biggest issue with the record is that, it starts really, really strong in that respect, and it starts really immediate. Mm. Um, and I think the mm. first opening four songs kind of set this stall out of, wow, this is going to be 10 songs of kind of going for it. This is like, not just a beat, but like kind of, uh, this is straight to the point lyrically. And mm. um, she's kind of taking no shit. She's she's going for it. Mm. And the, and musically, this is really kind of energetic, um pop music I, I find it weird that you would describe this as dance slash disco no um because it's Shows it's why not know. at all to me <laughs> I, the, the, it, it, this marina's hand have always had this weird space where she's like she's seen as like indie pop um she's never really seen as like out and out pop and her last record really? um love and fear was was really electronic pop I don't know. Um, I don't and, know any of the work of, at all, but I'd be. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe this um, is in any way indie. This seems. Yeah. yeah, but when I say indie, I don't mean like with loads of kind of abandoned guitars and stuff. Mm. I, I just mean um, she's always been on that kind of outsider kind of alternative. I'm I'm part of the cool pop. I'm not like mm. commercial pop. Mm. Um, she, she she's never really broken through in a massive way in terms of like. Six uh, chart success or anything like that. Yeah. Um. But it felt. It just feels like to me the second half of the album. Sort of as soon as she moves away from from the the cutting lyrics and the the kind of directness of things like Man's World, which I think is that's probably my favorite song on here. Mm. Um. Which feels like it's totally her. I. I it's totally her speaking. Um. And her way of performing. Um on that i feel like as soon as it moves away into that and some of the slower ballad more ballady songs mm. which are more like about a relationship i i just found that they they were really lacking and and on a short record like this where it's like 30 something minutes 10 10 tracks um it just felt very lopsided towards the start um i i i, I i'm glad i picked it and i'm glad i listened to it I, i'd probably say it is probably my favorite of hers but i still don't think i am fully on board with her as you've never a been a huge of, fan then really um, yeah I, there's been songs that i've i've liked um mm. and I, I feel like she's a dynamic performer i think she's probably better on on performing than she probably is on the records mm. um from what i've kind of seen and what other people have said but um yeah it, it didn't it didn't fully convert me like i was hoping okay. um but yeah Okay, well, that's a bit more reasonable than my review, I suppose, which is pretty harsh. So, <laughs> Matt, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I think Sam hit the nail on the head uh, with the whole album, pretty much. Mm. The beginning, I was like, first time I put it on, I got very excited because the beginning is like 
it's really cool there's like a lot of uh, interesting elements it's very dynamic like the opening track feels like it's like super weird synth wavy it feel, it feel like i kept thinking it could like fit in the movie tron or something like that um as like the theme for like a bad guy or something um <laughs> And then it like some of the later songs shifted toward like in the opening. The, the some of the, the songs following that um, had moments that felt like um, like also Abbery and things. I think um, which I have a soft spot for Abba and that kind of uh, generation of music or of pop music. Um, so I, I was like totally on board. But then it like completely shifted tone. And went for these big ballads, these big, big, like, sentimental moments. Mm. But the way it was produced, like, her voice was almost, like, hidden. It was, like, really, like, warped and, like, I don't know, stretched in a weird way. So that it just felt like it disappeared. And it I don't know, those ballads felt like there was no sincerity in them at all. Yeah. Uh, there was no, like, fragility. It It just felt kind of yeah insincere and i didn't really give a damn <laughs> okay um, so it, yeah it's definitely like there's a couple of really cool songs in there but it's by far and away not not close to some of the best pop music that i've heard mm. at all okay so yeah kind of well, i mean you're in the middle of the somewhat then aren't you sounds like sam was a bit more favorable than you were Maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like everything Matt said there is probably probably accurate. That's kind of probably where I am. Mm. Um, I, I don't think I hated any of it. Like, I wasn't, like, really... But it, it just sort of... It was that, that massive difference in in the kind of... The enjoyment I got out of it. Like, mm. those first few songs, and you, I felt the same. I was like, oh, this is it. This is finally the album I've been waiting for. And then it just sort of... It was like all of it had gone into those songs and the rest of it just fell apart. Um, mm. Yeah. Okay. It did. It felt almost like she wanted to do like what Billie Eilish has done with the like very like um, fast tempo, more aggressive songs, but then also be able to do the big ballads. But yeah, she doesn't have the same same skills that. Uh, that yeah, there's uh, no, she it's has. not close, is it? Is that fair to no. say? We all agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> and Billie Eilish in this, yeah, yeah, yeah. not similar in that sense quality-wise. Um, no. Okay, great. Uh, so let's see. We've got two left. Um, why isn't Sam on? You pick your favourite of the remaining couple. We've got Stevie Nicks or we've got, uh, what's it called, Rostrum. Rostrum, yeah. Um, well, I'd probably say I'd probably say that Stevie Nicks was my favourite of these last two. Okay. But I feel like what I have to say about it is probably less interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you've got to say at some point, so you may as well get into it. <laughs> Because basically, to me, this Stevie Nicks record sounded exactly like I was expecting at every moment. There wasn't a single moment where I went, (laughs) I'm not listening to this album that I hadn't heard before. Mm. Um, And yet I knew exactly what it was. And there was no mistaking that this is Stevie Nicks at that exact point of her career, Mm, that exact point of Fleetwood Mac's career. Um, which is not a bad thing. I enjoy that. I picked it because um, I'm, I'm I really like Fleetwood Mac, and I to me like, that kind of era of um, rumors through to Tango in the Night. I find it really interesting the, the change that they kind of went through mm. as a, as a band and then clearly as individuals because 
Uh, so she st- did this while she was still in Fleetwood Mac yeah, and, so, and that initial so basic, phase, was she? Yeah, so Fleetwood Mac, like the rumours era and that kind of thing mm. in the 70s, then they'd started to kind of, not fall off, but they were, it was kind of diminishing returns mm. by that point. And I think it was like they were on tour uh, and she'd already released her debut album while they were releasing the Fleetwood Mac records and that had become bigger than the the band. Oh, uh, right. Not th- so that then, wasn't this album, though, you're saying? No, so oh, then okay. this was, I think this was her second one. Um, okay, I see. So this was the first one after. They hadn't broken up, but they were on a break, basically, for a right. couple of years. Right. Um, and it was, it's so clear that she has her very own specific style mm. that these songs sound like the Fleetwood Mac songs that Stevie Nicks sings. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Nightbird is, is basically Dreams too um and <laughs> the other, other songs are very very similar but i think that just sort of proves then when they got back together again they were like four different bands basically and then the music was so separate um because she clearly established her own sound um and yeah i i i enjoyed it um i, I don't think it, it gave me anything new i don't think i've learned anything new about her or about um that time um i imagine i imagine she's probably holding things back because it sounds like if if you know anything about her it's obviously she's she's gone through a lot Mm. um she was obviously struggling with addiction and things like that at the time Mm. um and but but i i like the i like the energy of it and it felt very much like a a Stephen X performance um, throughout. There was always this kind of like dramatic um, theatrical sound to it, like this, this kind of performative um, giving everything I've got. And, mm. and I feel like it actually stood out on this playlist for me because I feel like a lot of the things I was kind of missing that from elsewhere. Um, this kind of gave me that real, here is a real performer delivering um, and whether yeah. whether or not you like like the music, I felt like this this was a true performance, and uh, some of the other albums I don't think gave me that. Um, so yeah, I I, en- I enjoyed it, um, but it wasn't it didn't give me anything I wasn't expecting. Okay, okay, Matt, you want to go? Sure, what sure. I I, um, I agree in a lot of ways with Sam. I I was maybe I I think I also am quite fond of uh, Fleetwood Mac. Um, and so I was quite excited to listen to this and see how different it was. And I, d- I did think it was more, it was um, quite different. Like in its tone is, like Fleetwood Mac is still quite dark, um, but the music feels a little bit brighter than a lot of what's yeah, going yeah. on in here. Um, and I did feel like the the sound was also sounded a little bit more dated than some of the like the, the classic moments for, for Fleetwood Mac. But... It, it's it is like it's quintessentially her like her voice is so iconic and um, you know like as soon as you listen to it you, you know it's her and i think i think the energy that she brings to the performance like you were saying it makes such a big difference because there is a lot of a lot of what we listen to uh, this month is almost ambivalent and like they don't care I and mean, you get back to the discussion we had a couple of months ago about like dry cleaning with it's mm. Uh, like um, the performer just being very offhand with what they're talking about, and this is just um, the complete opposite. She's putting everything in. Mm. 
Um, and there's, I thought there were some really good moments in the album, though. Um, the Stand Back is, was my clear favourite. I really like the, disc, yeah. the disco in it. it. It added a different dimension to what I've heard her do, do before. Um, I thought that was that was super cool. But um, there were other moments where I was like, like, Tom Petty I've never liked. And so I thought the song with Tom Petty <laughs> was yeah. incredibly dreary <laughs> and just... It was just oh that 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 one was hard to get through, um. So as an album as a whole, I was like, oh, I'm glad I listened to it. Most of it's good, mm. um, and I, I I like it just because it's Stevie Nicks. Um, but there weren't that many songs which I was really blown away. And so like if I if I really want to if I want to listen to like premium Stevie Nicks, I'm not going to turn to this album. I'm going to turn <laughs> premium to, Stevie Nicks. I love it. Top tier. Yeah, I'm going to turn to Fleetwood Mac and okay. and listen to that instead. Okay, it's it's weird. I picked this because um I'd, I'd googled like best Stevie Nicks albums or something, and this was number one on every single list mm. that I saw. Um, I don't know if that's an in, kind of a sign of what the quality of some of the other stuff, or yeah, I don't yeah. Know. that's that's the reason I picked this one over other ones. Right. Right. Okay, uh, so it's time to go for me to speak. Uh, <laughs> so with some hesitation, um, this album um, is an absolute minefield for me. Um, give some context. My wife loves Stevie Nicks. Oh my god, she's totally obsessed with her. Um, so that's the first problem for me. Um, on the upside, uh, she kind of gave up listening to this podcast a while ago <laughs> because yeah. uh, strangely she seems to think we're kind of negative um, and she can't she can't take it. So I don't think I'm, I'm as concerned about that as the fact that my mother-in-law, her mum, uh, is next level on Stevie Nicks. Like she's seen her like 30 <laughs> times. She's completely obsessed. Um, and I can't be sure that she won't take enough interest in when she hears about this being on the podcast to actually listen <laughs> to the podcast in my yeah. review. So, um, so what well, I'm saying if is you're sure. Positive, it won't yeah. matter. So, in short, <laughs> th- this is my new favourite artist. Uh, Fuck Boy's Head, <laughs> Pidgey Harvey is a write-off. Radiohead, Pretenders, you know, all of that shit. I've dump it. Um, so yeah, listening. To be honest, listening properly uh, to this album to, to her for the first time, really. Um, even though I've been married for 20, over twenty years, I've never really listened to my wife's favorite artist very much. Um, I, I think that I like this album more than I thought I would. Um, it's it's kind of strongest suit uh, is is sort of lyric, it's lyrical uh, kind of cleverness um, and the kind of way she can quite put together quite sort of. Um, I can't think of the word, like pithy kind of short phrasing that, that's sort of quite powerful and, and effective. Um, so I thought that was quite, um, you know, quite one of its strongest suits and what are kind of quite effective. Um, and they're often, uh, you know, relationship narratives as well as, uh, as, you, as you said, Sam, I knew a little about some of the uh, difficulties that she was in to some extent um, at this, uh, around, you know, the seven, in the 70s and stuff. So I guess there's some of that stuff in there as well. Um, but where it's let down... Um, is not really its fault. It's it's to me. It's the very very dated production. Um, you know, I can't help this. Although I say that some albums I think do sound fresh still and they're this old. Um, it sounds very dusty uh, and kind of old. Particularly the synth sounds. I, I really dislike the synth sounds. Almost every time they appeared, they were clearly trying to test out some what was then cutting edge stuff, and it just sounded kind of squeaky and irritating. Um, mm. So that made me made much harder for me to connect with the music. I think it would have been simpler 
Um, I mean, it's fine. They're, they're trying to push new, break new ground, and that's you know full credit to them for that. But it would have been more effective for me if they just gone with um, a more stripped down, uh, you know, just acoustic guitar performances, say, um, and that would also have made it a little bit less uh, clearly. Um, of the 70s, I think, or the late 70s, I guess. Um, so uh, I suppose um, it's interesting music, uh, but I'm very, very afraid, I've got to say, I didn't really get into it that much. So apologies to Judy, my mother-in-law, uh, if she listens to this. <laughs> um, I- I'm terribly sorry. So, yeah, that's my feelings about it. Yeah. So, um, okay, so that's that just leaves then uh, one more, I think, which is yeah. uh, Rostam. Is it Rostam? I can pronounce it correctly. Rostam, yeah? Uh, change phobia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Matt, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Uh, sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, I suggested this album because I'm a big uh, Vampire Weekend fan. And um, he left Vampire Weekend like a couple albums ago, I think. Not really sure. Not that much of a fan, I guess, if mm. I'm not paying that much attention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But so, like, I was expecting something like very Vampire Weekend adjacent, and it, it kind of is that. But it's a bit, it's a bit more dreamy. It's a bit more out there. There's um, a little bit more like uh, electronic uh, elements to it. Um, and so, like, for half this record, I felt like there's like some like some glitchy elements and some weird like noises added in to certain songs. So, for, for those songs, it felt like he wanted to make something that was like Bon Iver. Mm. Um, and but then kind of also retain this indie boy sweetness from Vampire Weekend. And then he'd also make some songs following those, which are much more akin to just like soaring summer indie indie like vibes. And so it just it felt a little confusing. I was confused by this album of like mm. what he was aiming for. Did he want to make something a little weird and experimental? Or did he want to make some, like, really, like, chill summer summer indie music? Mm. Um, and so I spent most of the time listening to this album trying to figure out whether it's either or both. Um, was it effective so, either? Like, I, I don't think it was. I don't think <laughs> okay. it was, like... It's, you get back so the the thing the thing I was thinking like you get to this name of changeophobia and it felt like he wants to change and he's afraid and he's he's talking about that about relationships in one of the songs but really it felt like his music he wants to change but and do something different and it's much more exciting maybe mm. or much more experimental but he can't shake off this uh, just. Indie, indie boy uh, elements of his sound um, for better or worse. Okay. So, okay. I was yeah, I was a little disappointed. Right. You know, you picked it, yeah, but it's fair enough. If you're doing it yeah. blind, it's, it's okay. Um, why don't I jump in? Or is that okay, Sam? I'll, I'll go next. Yeah, go for it. Um, so, I'll give some context for this one as well. Um, I hated Vampire Weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's absolutely preppy shite. I just, I never liked anything <laughs> they ever did. I didn't like their style. It was just awful. I hated it. So to me, this is far better than any of their stuff. Um, there were still bits of it that were um, felt a bit sort of throwaway, to be honest. Um, and I think 
again, like I said with, with another one of the albums earlier, um, this is positioned, this, that is even harder for this album, this, this is positioned on the playlist directly after American Negro, um, which is a pretty hard and just, you know, kind yeah. of sh- change of gear to deal with, uh, to go from that to this. Um, so sometimes it felt a bit sort of throwaway, sort of uh, 2D kind of music, uh, like Kinney, I think was one of the tracks I was, I was particularly thought that was the case with, I wasn't, wasn't into. Um, but I think... You know, giving him some uh, credit for the fact that it's uh, in that position. There were some other tracks I, I did enjoy, like Forerunner um, was probably my favourite on the album. Um, I thought it had um, a good amount of energy, uh, but it also did, as Matt was implying, have a few sort of very delicate experimental touches to it. I mean, it's nothing extreme, it's not Arca or something, but something something that was a little bit um, unusual, and I enjoyed that. Um, so it's kind of a, um, in a way for me, it's kind of a mixed bag, all in all, um, but I suppose if it, if it keeps, if this kind of keeps him busy enough not to go back to Vampire Weekend uh, and resuscitate that project, then it'll all be worth it. Because uh, oh. I just don't want to hear any music from them ever again. Oh, they're very, they're very much carrying on without him. Oh dear! So don't worry, <laughs> you can still get news. your Vampire Weekend fix. Terrible they're like, news. They've been like bigger since, haven't they? Yeah, the last probably. album was huge. Yeah, yeah. What a sad story. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my feelings on him. I thought it was okay. Uh, yeah, Sam, go for it. Uh. Yeah, so this is this is very much the on paper this is very much my thing of like that kind of mm. hybrid of like indie meets electronic meets this meets that, and I had no context of this. I didn't recognize his name. I, I like Vampire Weekend, but I'm not like a big fan, so I had no idea who he was. And then I got like two tracks in, and I went, "This sounds exactly like the Heim record from last year." And then I googled it and he produced the heim record from last year and that thought then is all i could think about for the rest of the month listening to this (laughs) did we we do that album matt on the on the podcast i can't remember Uh, no okay fair enough honestly go and listen to um the song summer girl from that album and you will know instantly i'm sure it's the same saxophone player it is the same the, the <laughs> saxophone and that use of it is across the entire of that album right. and this is so nowhere near the level for me that that album does that stuff and it is entirely down to his performance as a singer and a performer i just found that as much as i enjoyed the production i really there was some songs i really really liked the production on like you mentioned forerunner i thought that was the best track as well mm. um and from the back of the cab, I thought I really liked the glitchiness and that kind of like you didn't really know what was happening and it was all a bit frantic. Um, but mm. I found that really interesting. And then he would sing, and I'm like, "Do you want to be here? Do you want? <laughs> yeah. do you, does this mean anything to you?" Like, and then knowing that there's a song next thing near the end, and that is the Heim record. There's no, there's no chance that isn't because. Mm. Um, I, ch- I check the credits and Danielle Heim plays drums on pretty much every song here. Um, and knowing that she's there and going, why is she not performing this song? It would be so much better. She would have so much more energy, so much more like kind of commitment to the to this lyrics because clearly the lyrics mean something to him. Um, but it just felt like he didn't care. Um, and I, I just didn't get him as a performer. He's, he's so clearly a, a producer... Uh, a member of a band but he's not he's not a front man mm. and I, that was what kind of stopped me from really getting on board with it um as a as an album fully because i really really liked the production and there was lots on here that i should really like 
but I just couldn't help shake the feeling that someone else could perform this so much better than he is. Right. Um, which feels mean because this is clearly his own project and stuff. That's right. We do, mean, wanna... we do mean quite a bit. Don't worry about it. But, um, but right this, this, should, this should have been far and away my favourite album of all of them on this list. Mm. And that it just prevented it from being that because it's so my thing. Mm. Um, yeah. So in that case, um, that's all of them but the Why I Love. So in that case, what, what was your favourite yeah. on this of these five? I don't even know. Like, I, I was really happy when... The, like all of them came in and I listened to them for the first time because mm. I went, oh, there's nothing I really don't like. Like, oh, yeah. I, there's nothing I hate. Because yeah. usually yeah. There's, there's something. Mm. And knowing what you guys are like, our music tastes <laughs> often don't cross over. Yeah, um, that's fair to say. But there was something I enjoyed about everything. But I I think the one I I found myself going back to to listen to would be the Marina one. Mm. But I think I would have listened to that anyway. And I don't know if that just all four all of those albums kind of just fit together so the stevie nicks is probably the one i enjoyed the most okay um so did it feel like a middling kind of list then overall would you say yeah i i there wasn't there wasn't anything i really disliked Mm. there wasn't anything that like blew me away right yeah yeah i'd probably agree with that um i mean there was yeah i would say the ross time was probably the thing i would be most likely to come back to um or maybe american negro um but I, you know, yeah, nothing blew me away, as, as you said, Sam. It was, it was, you know, there was some good stuff. There was some weak stuff. Um, I, I think, uh, yeah, the, the Marina was the thing I liked least. Um, again, not surprisingly. But uh, even that I didn't absolutely hate. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think then, Matt, about the I, whole list? I, I, I agree with both you guys. It's, there's, there was no album I was excited to listen to. We're going to have to have a quota of agreement on this podcast, I yeah. think, and like tick that yeah. off because we can't have this much level of agreement. It's not acceptable. No, no. Yeah. But there were, like, there were definitely, like, there's lots of high points in the playlist. It's mm. just they'd last for one track and then, <laughs> yeah. or they'd be part of a song. Mm. And then you'd be like, oh, okay, now I've got to wait another <laughs> couple tracks before, before I can get excited again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is which is a shame. Yeah, that is pretty. But uh, yeah, like you said, there wasn't anything that I apps. Well, I really didn't like the Grufferies, so okay, that's the lowest of the list for you. Yeah, right, fair enough. Yeah, it wasn't hate, but it was really just. I felt so tired after listening to it every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, that just moves us to the wild love. So, um, Sam, you're going to introduce Chanel Monet. Uh, go for it. Yeah, um, I was really struggling to come up with who to pick. Mm. Um, I wanted to pick someone that I thought would be kind of different to the other choices I made. I don't know if that this is. Um, but I, I kind of, I'd always thought in my head that I'll pick Janelle Monáe if I go back on. Um, because I just think, for me, she's kind of of like last decade, the 2010s, she's probably like the most exciting new artist for me um, for that whole time. She released three albums in that time and for the whole decade kind of just, there was no one like her. And I, I still don't think there is anyone like her um, as 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 a kind of artist um, in, in the pop space, in the R&B space, in the whatever space she finds herself in. Um but yeah, so I first I first heard Janelle Monae 
it would have been like during one of those times where I go like, well, I need to listen to all of the great music because I've listened to loads of rubbish recently. <laughs> so like this is like in 2010, her album The Arc Android had just come out. It came out to like huge rave reviews. She 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 released a couple of things, a couple of singles, and um, but the album kind of was suddenly this critical critical uh, darling. Um, so I think I had had it like ready on a list to listen to for ages and finally got around to it um, and it just blew me away and I, I don't think um, I don't think I'll ever um, feel that kind of immediacy with an album like that um, where it's such a huge extensive piece of work it, it's it's like two suites um, with like orchestral introductions to each suite and it's it's a, a concept album about a an android who's on the run because she falls in love with a human and then becomes this kind of like um all of the other things she's against the code of the and it's so weird surely that's not and more exciting than a concept album about a mountain i just want it, to oh, interject. i mean nothing could be um <laughs> but but yeah so it it's just so out there and yet the music is just so infectiously funky and mm. um classic it's it sounds like she all of her music kind of sounds like it's been here forever it's like these classic artists that she kind of aspires to be and it, it felt it feels like um over that over that decade she sort of reached that point where she could be classed alongside them, alongside Prince, alongside James Brown, alongside these mm. these people wow. that she's so clearly influenced by. Mm. Um, and for our generation, she is that. Um, whether she's kind of uh, at that kind of scale of mm. kind of people knowing about her, um, I mean, now she's, she's a huge name across film and um, kind of activism. And uh, I think... Uh, what I find most interesting about her as an artist is that uh, for, for for her first two, like, studio albums, um, she was very, very... She she never wanted to kind of open up, like, personally about things. So all of her songs are very much, this is singing about something that isn't me. And mm. um, even though you can hear so much emotion in some of the songs and the lyrics are so clearly written from a point of view of her, but she's, she does them in a way so they're not specific... And then there's like a turning point where she suddenly realised that actually it's a better thing to be able to share her own experience. She's a queer black woman and that unique experience needs to be told. So then the third album, Dirty Computer, um, is, is so personal to her and so clearly about her own experiences growing up and um, about feeling like an outsider and um, how that is. Um and I feel like now she's this kind of like triple, quadruple threat in this sense. She's starring in Oscar winning films, starring in all sorts of things. Um, and then also delivering headline performances on Glastonbury and things like that. Like she's kind of, for me, is is one of the kind of performers of, of the decade. Um, and yeah, I, I try to pick, I try to make a playlist that, sort of covered all of those bases. I um, want to ask you about that, actually, if you don't hard. mind. I, I want to ask about the order of the playlist that we had yeah. conversations about before. So, so I've really, really tried to 
I, part of me was really tempted to just pick her debut album, mm. but there's so many songs since then that I thought, no, these are like her classics that I couldn't just stick a whole album on. And that would have actually been longer than the whole playlist anyway. <laughs> but I started with those opening tracks from that album mm. um, and those first three songs um, all kind of blend into each other. And that instantly grabbed me because I just love that sort of thing. So that was intentional. And but then I sort of jump around a bit between uh, her three albums, and the, the, I think there's an extra song that was from a film um, from last year or the year before, something like that. Yeah, um, turntables. Turntables. Um, but but I try to include all, bits from all of her albums as well as her original EP, and I included a, uh, the the intro song for that, which isn't really a song, and must have sounded so confusing when <laughs> you listen to the playlist. Because it's just her talking about kind of like, it, she says like, hey, cyber boys and cyber girls, something, um, I'm trying to think what the actual thing is she says, but it's just her like introducing this idea of this like android being on the run. And mm. um, I just wanted to include that to give that kind of bonkers context of mm. what her records are like. And mm. um, like you open the, in like the CD, there's no like there's credits but it's like the middle section is written as if it's like a statement from the mayor of the the city or something talking about uh this this person and this document from this woman janelle monet but then then this android cindy mayweather and it's just so weird um Mm. but so interesting alongside this music that's so kind of fluid and and out there um so yeah I, i i try to get kind of a a nice flow and, and then the last song americans that's the last song of her last album so mm. that, that felt like a nice finale okay. um for a playlist but yeah so uh that's great um maybe i'll just jump in and say a couple of things matt yeah um Go so yeah it. i mean i i uh i'm really glad you introduced this uh her to me um i've heard a lot about her um but somehow you know you get that ice where some of you they're sort of circling around uh, what they're doing, you never kind of get either an opportunity or you never quite get to connect with it. So it's great to have some time to sit with this. Um, and I thought uh, overall, um, I really enjoyed it, uh, actually. Uh, I thought it was weird, uh, as you've just described, in a really interesting ways, uh, which I always really like. In fact, it's maybe a strange analogy musically, but um, the, there's a clipping album, you know, you've heard, everyone's heard me talk about clipping a lot before, mm-hmm. um, called Misery and Splendor, um, which is about um, uh, set in the future, about a slave uh, in a spaceship who escapes um, on, a, on another ship and uh, kind of flies into the into the uh, you know into, into deep space alone to escape slavery in the future. Um, so it's kind of fascinating um, similarity in terms of how odd that narrative is and that kind of science fiction put into put into uh, genres of music that maybe you wouldn't actually think would would suit it. Uh, sort of the theatricality of that. Um, so that drew me in quite a lot. Uh, so I, I enjoyed that as well. Um, I also thought the the sort of political statements. Um, that were in there, the uh, kind of implicit or explicit political statements were um, interesting and, and sort of subtle. Um, and I think this is where that Marina album uh, we were talking about earlier, um, I'm not suggesting you would think they were the same level of Sam at all, um, since you just said she was the greatest artist of the last decade or whatever, but um, <laughs> the Marina, you know, the, the political and sort of cultural statements made in the Marina album seem so weak compared to, to Janelle Monáe's sort of 
the level that she was working yeah. at with that um, kind of left it behind as well. So um, yeah, it was. I really, I really mostly uh, enjoyed it, um, and, I'll, and I'll go back to it more. Is there? Is there? So is there one you think this first one is the one I should dig into more, Arch Android? To be honest, if you're going to listen, I mm. would listen. The first she had an EP, mm. then two studio albums, which are set as like five suites. So there's like an intro to the suite, and then so they're meant to continue the story. Okay. Um, but if you're going to listen to anyone, anything, listen to Arc, Arc Android. That's okay. that's kind of I, I to me that's her best album okay. as a, as an album. Yeah. Uh, but but honestly, all all of all of her. Um, albums are worth listening to. She's mm. only had three full-length stuff. Right. Um, so I mean, the, 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 the good thing for me as well, I suppose, is it redeems me slightly from my comments and the general perception of me is not knowing or being connected to anything to do with dance or that kind of level of energy in music. You know, this I thought I found this really intriguing and interesting and engaging, and it was mostly often quite energetic and obviously electronic in certain ways and stuff. So um, it's something I, I suppose might not naturally... Uh, obviously be my kind of thing but i was really into it yeah so thank you for introducing it no that's fine i'm i'm glad i'm glad you're you surprised it. by I, my reaction <laughs> no I, I actually thought you would enjoy it because okay. it's weird that like early on she kept being placed in that kind of um that kind of neo soul uh section of like mm. as genre and mm. it never made any sense to me and it was like yes she's had a song with erica badu but that doesn't mean that yeah it's like <laughs> Like this is this is funk pop. It's like the kind of it's like Prince, and you would never describe Prince as anything other than pop. Mm. Um, that that's clearly her closest kind of thing for I, I would say um, of an artist, especially when you see her perform. Mm. She's just pretty much based her, her performance style on on Prince. So there's hope um, for me in, in terms of actually liking a pop artist. Then basically, yeah, I like yeah, this. I would I would say this. She's she's the <laughs> One of a pop art is for you. Definitely. Okay, great. <laughs> That's good to know. So, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to say, Nick, if you didn't like this, I would be. It like, I think. Oh, you weren't surprised music, at all. You thought. I I'm not surprised. Her okay. music's undeniable. I think mm-hmm. it's so interesting. Uh, there's so much going on, mm-hmm. um, and she's just like like you were saying, Sam. She's the complete package. Like, she can do everything. <laughs> And she has a, a vision for everything. What's her acting um, stuff been then, by the way? I don't. I'm not. Com- she was noticed. in um, Moonlight. Um, oh, right. And she was in Hidden Figures. They, oh, they're the two yeah. biggest. Oh, I love Moonlight. I don't know Hidden a, Figures, but Moonlight was amazing. Yeah. Mm. Is it a movie that just just came out or was postponed? Uh, like a horror movie? Mm. I yeah, what it's yeah. called. But okay. that's actually how I came to listen to her. I, I saw her in Hidden Figures, mm. like five years ago i was like pretty blown away by her performance i mm. um, knew it was janelle Monáe and was like i i've heard of her as a musician so i started I, I started listening at that point and so and so i was pretty like relatively late to the game but then not as late uh, as me evidently like no but <laughs> not a surprise <laughs> i think for, for me my like my favorite work that she's done is her most recent one um uh, dirty computer i think that, that is just it's just ridiculously good and um, and I, I remember when i saw her perform at the grammys performing uh uh, the, uh make me feel it's make me make me feel yeah make me yeah. feel and it, i was just obsessed with that because it was just so 
like I said, she has such vision for how she comes across and what the project is. I don't remember that. Oh, we did have that on the playlist. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, was, I, I couldn't see it for a sec. Yeah, I remember the one. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. Yeah, yeah. It's just, um, she, yeah, like like you said, she has it all, all just kind of completely dialed in. And I think your comparisons are complete. Like, she deserves to be much bigger than she is because she is an artist that, like, transcends um genre transcends even music and um, like your comparison to prince i think is like yeah she she 100 percent is drawing so much from prince but i think um it also reminds me of like the the way she builds these concepts and the way that um she does kind of evolve reminds me also of like artists like david bowie and the way she's just drawing yeah. in from everywhere and um, and, like, also, yeah, these concepts, like, it's all, like, very sci-fi based. It's very, uh, like, all this cyborgs and computer androids and all of that. It's very much in my wheelhouse as well. Um, so to hear it all mi- mixed together is just uh, fantastic. And so, that, like, with, specifically with the playlist, um, I, like, I have listened to her previous albums in the past but it was really good to have like some specific songs to really dig into because i found i i went back listened to some of her previous albums but then really just got into her most recent one and have just listened to that ex- almost exclusively for a while um and uh so it was really good to get like a an excuse to go back and listen to some of the older ones and I also, I missed, I, I didn't realise, like, uh, Turntables was a new, completely new to me. Mm. And I re- really, really like that song. Um, the way that the beat bounces around in it is really, really fun. Yeah, so, it, feel, it feels like quite a different, it feels very different to a lot of her other stuff as well. Um, yeah. I quite liked that it was very different to the, the previous album. And so it kind of stands alone. Um, but, yeah, it, it feels very much kind of like a, call to arms kind of moment for her yeah um yeah it'd be interesting to see where she goes next because like a lot of what she's done in the past has been very like themed and there's always been this like like a sci-fi element or like um like i forget like the i forget the word but yeah like almost like a historical concept stuff you mean yeah super high concept Mm. um and so to to switch gears and going forward it'll be yeah super interesting to see where she goes that's yeah. great so well, sorry I'm, go ahead Tom. i'm interested nick what what you picked out as like songs that you really liked though um, um yeah. it, was, it was yeah i was i suppose it was actually the stuff at the start um the first uh those first three or four i did like make me feel actually now that was when i sort of blanked on when you said the name but yeah that was actually one i was really into um I think as well, I'm just looking down the list, uh, Django Jane, uh, mm. yeah, off Dirty Computer, I can see here, so not the same album, um, probably another one that was a high point, yeah, I mean, it was it was consistent though, it was it was nothing really I hated on it, um, at all, nothing nothing I thought <laughs> wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't worth listening to again, uh, so yeah, 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 what well, was the... the th- do you think it's all consistently same quality, Sam, all the way through? No, it's just, it's just there's quite a... There's, there's different stuff in there. Like, I think, um, like, the songs like Django Jane is a good example where mm. it's kind of a lot more, like, rap-based. Mm. Um, and those sort of ones, I feel like, stand out quite a lot next mm. to some of the funkier pop stuff. 
Okay. Just interested to see where yeah, you so fell that, that on makes, that. Yeah, that would make sense then, wouldn't it, I suppose? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. kind of logical, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, great. So um, I, I'm looking back over it, and I, I'm get, becoming quite concerned now that we've agreed fairly consistently across the whole playlist. <laughs> so uh, we need to have some kind of kickoff fight right now, quickly, uh, before we end the podcast. Otherwise, people are going to start to wonder what the hell our point is. Um, but no, it's, it's been it's been a good good to get through this list, and um, and I, again, introducing the Gen- Janelle Monet was a great idea, Sam. So thank you. Um, yeah. Good. Despite yeah. that, though, yeah. um, Sam... Best thing on the playlist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but despite introducing that, um, Sam, you are now fired, um, because for I the am, next podcast, yeah. we'll be having <laughs> James coming in instead. Um, so we're going to rotate through the different editors, um, and uh, James will be up next time. So um, the way we're going to do it is uh, I've picked one for next time, and uh, Matt picked one, and then Franz still yep. kept a pick, even though he's not even going to be on it. So, uh, And then James picks three himself. So I've got uh, Dean Blunt's Black Metal 2 is my pick. Uh, Matt? Uh, I've, I picked uh, Laura Mvula with Pink Noise. Fran then picked Calais with The Waves Part 1. Uh, James has picked Stubborn Heart with Made of Static. His classic is Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. Uh, and he's going to do a Wild Love, I assume, playlist about New Young Pony Club, who I've never heard of at all. Um, oh. I've never heard of at all. You're going to love it. Really? No, I'm not. <laughs> You're lying. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's what we have next time. Um, thank you very much, Sam, for coming on. Um, and we will obviously see you. We'll yeah. see you at the Mercury one, won't we, uh, in a few couple yeah. of months' time. So you'll be back. A couple months. Yeah. Um, as long as you don't uh, remove any songs from yeah, the no album in order to make a playlist of the songs you prefer. That's I'm still just ashamed. A no-no. I, I feel like I've <laughs> completely destroyed any credibility that I may have yeah. by doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. That's dead, that's dead right, yeah. Go hang your head in shame. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think that's everything. Um, go to the website right now, everybody, please, immediately, yes. and read everything on it. Uh, since we've been publishing four articles a week for, what is it, two, a year and a half or something, two years? Uh, there's two, quite a bit there. So, yeah. Two and a um, half years. Two and a half it? years, is it? Fucking hell. Um, so, yeah, go and read everything right now. Uh, that's a uh, commandment from here. Um, pickybees.com. 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 Uh, the social media channels, I'll, I've got no chance of remembering. So if anyone else does, <laughs> welcome to say what they are. <laughs> but without Frank here, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so you can you find know? them on the website. <laughs> exactly. That's the best way of doing it, yeah. Um, so, okay, I think that's everything then. So thanks again, Sam. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Right, bye. 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 bye.